Hello, hello, good evening, good evening, lovers of Jesus. Come on, we thank God. I know that's the instrumental playing right now, but we want to bless the name of the Lord. I'm just giving everybody a moment to be able to come on in, and we're actually going to open in prayer tonight. But so glad and so thankful to God that uh, you've carved out precious time to be able to receive tonight, to join us tonight, and to hear a word from the Lord for you that'll help draw you closer to him and catapult you into another dimension of grace, right? Because we've been on this grace journey, walking and receiving some new things and even some things that have uh, come as a remembrance to us uh, to kind of bring a refreshing to us as well. So my name is Sir Walter Scott III, pastor at Abounding Grace Family Worship Center. And we are so excited that you are with us tonight in the presence of the Lord on this Wednesday, April 20th. This is the day that the Lord has made. And so what are you going to do right now? Yeah, that's what we're going to do together. We're going to rejoice and be glad in it. Somebody say, I am glad in this day. Go ahead and say it. Say, I am glad in this day. This is not a day that belongs to the enemy. This is a day that belongs to the Lord. Every day, come on, every day belongs to the Lord. So we just let the enemy know. It's like, hey, he lost this day too. <laughs> His days are numbered, and even the days that he does have, guess what? They're all lost because we don't want him. We don't want to give a place of victory to him, not an inch, <laughs> not a finger, not any area, you know, in our lives. And so, again, I say welcome. Take a moment right now to greet one another uh, in the chat, and then Please, if you're on Facebook as well as on YouTube, hit that forward, hit that like button on YouTube, hit that share button on Facebook. I believe that what we're going to be uh, releasing and what we're going to be hearing tonight is going to be something uh, that'll help ground us and, and mature us and open our eyes even to some things and some things that the Lord will begin to, you know, pour into and multiply in our lives tonight. Amen. All right. So here we go. Uh, I actually have a song that we're going to pray at the end, okay? So what I want to do at this time is just really just open up in prayer, and then we're going to get right into the scripture on this beautiful Wednesday evening, uh, at least the time period, the time zone that we're in, and uh, we know it's a beautiful uh, time period wherever you might be, whatever time zone you might be watching in as well. So just lift your hands right now. Father, we thank you so much for you being Father, for you being God, and, and for you being so awesome, Lord. And we do not take it lightly that we're able to gather together in your name. You'd promise that you'd be in the midst of us, Lord. And I know we're watching from different places, but I thank you that it's in your spirit that it is such a unity, that it is such a hunger, that it is such a thirst of you, Lord. So I thank you, Lord, that even myself, Lord, we pull uh, on your anointing, God. We look to receive of you tonight in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that even as the hands are lifted in the various rooms uh, in which people are watching right now, God, that you see uh, a, a, a landing mat, uh, a, a landing place, God, for your word and for your spirit to rest tonight in Jesus' name. So we say, come Holy Spirit. We thank you for your ministry to be able to teach and to reveal and to guide us into all truth tonight. And in particularly this truth and these truths pertaining to grace upon our lips, Lord. So we thank you 
for our hearts being open, our eyes being open, our ears being open to receive in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, that's that's what it is. And of course, we're, 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 I, I want to start with this thought right here. Uh, you know, this is a thought that, that came to my mind earlier, um, but it kind of ties in with something that happened recently. Um, but have you ever heard, or someone may have said it to you, or maybe you've said it to someone, or maybe you've heard somebody say um, that the words that somebody spoke were so moving. It's like, oh, those, their words are just so moving, or I was so touched, or I was so impacted by the words, right? And it's something that left the mark upon that person, something that touched their, touched, touched, touched their being to the point, so much so that where they had to comment and say how the words of someone, or maybe even a song, touched them or moved them. And so it brings to remembrance, it was something that my wife sh shared with me that was told to her, and the person that told it to her heard it from somebody that told it to her. <laughs> but, you know, I, you know, I was called upon, you know, one of our, our dear sisters uh, of the ministry who is now in the presence of the Lord, come on. Uh, but one of the things that she had as a request for her homegoing service uh, was that I would do the eulogy. And I was so honored. You know, she asked specifically uh, for me to do the eulogy. And, you know, I sought the Lord for a word um, that would really, you know, strengthen and encourage the family and really what was upon his heart to be able to speak to the family. And so it was a very unique word. And I'm not talking specifically about it, um, but it was a, a very a, a, a word that was, um, uh, you know, it was it was it was I say this because it was his word. It was dynamic. And, you know, just even one of the comments that I heard from even the people uh, that were on staff at work there, they were like, man, that was a, in, in so many words, I never heard a message, you know, like that before. And of course, I'm giving glory to God because I wanted what his words was. But needless to say, um, by way of telephone, so to speak, um, you know, that, that person, I guess it was two people that received the word before it came to me, but they were like, oh, you know what, I'm still thinking and I'm paraphrasing, but I'm still thinking about that message or, or that message, that sermon or that eulogy that was preached was so moving in a sense. It was something that, 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 that they remembered. And of course, you know, I heard some other comments as well, but you know, I'll share a little bit of, of, about that, something that, that we're gonna tap into and even greater, I believe, uh, tonight. Uh, but the thing, uh, that the title that I believe the Lord gave me was the five powers. Here's another five, right? Because we talked about uh, the five reasons why you absolutely need bold grace. <laughs> and so here we go. The five powers of grace on your lips, of grace on your lips. And so when we're talking about this grace, you know, we're talking about a power. You know, there's a multiplied effect to this. So even as we, you know, illuminate some things tonight, and it all comes from the word, um, but it comes from five passages. And I'm like, man, you know what, Lord, there's, there's some things that are active, you know, in the scripture because the word of God is quick, it's living, it's sharper than a two-edged sword. And so it's going to divide some things, uh, you know, even as we read tonight. Uh, but the five powers of grace upon your lips, so on your lips, on your lips. So I want us to turn to Psalm chapter 45, Psalm chapter 45. 
Psalm chapter 45. And can somebody just say that title with me? The five powers of grace on my lips. Yeah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Psalm chapter 45. We're going to begin in the Old Testament, uh, but you're going to see some things here. Each one of these things deal with grace, right? And so, um, yeah, here we go. Let's go with just verse 2. Verse 2, verse 2. You are fairer. Now, this is a, a messianic, actually, song. It's a messianic prophecy. So uh, I believe the writer here, I believe it's David. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, he's sharing, you know, in song. But, you know, oftentimes, uh, or many times, I should say, when David would get these songs and he would begin to play and begin to write them and sing them, uh, pro probably unbeknownst to him, he'd say these things and not even realizing that he's singing a prophetic song mm, about the Messiah. And so uh, you'll see this in this verse two where it kind of picks up here where he starts prophesying about the Messiah. But uh, know this, even though this song is concerning the Messiah, because we are in Christ Jesus, this includes us. So somebody just say right now, say, this is going to include me, right? Okay, so here we go. And again, we're looking at just verse two right now. You are fairer than the sons of men. Grace is poured, Woo. grace is poured upon your lips. Therefore, God has blessed you forever. Now let me say that part B portion one more time. In Psalms 45, verse 2, grace is poured upon your lips. Therefore, God has blessed you forever. That, that, is, that is such a powerful use of words there for us to be able to understand that grace is poured. Now, remember, we know he's talking about the Messiah, but now somebody say, this means me. That grace is poured upon my lips upon my lips. Now, here's the thing, you know, I realized I have something in, in, in my bag. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to use this as an illustration. Many of you can see this. I'll kind of hold this in the middle. Uh, but this is a lip balm. <laughs> it is a medicated lip balm. And so in the natural, we know that this is going to be used for lips that are chapped or lips that are dry, because if my lips were continued to stay in that state, it would be painful, it would cause bleeding, uh, and, 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 and cause damage to the very skin. And then, of course, that affects things that touch my mouth and things that I would try to eat or drink. If, I, if you drink anything acidic, uh, like an orange juice or anything of that nature, it causes your lips to burn all all of that. So if, if, if lips go on without moisture, if lips go on without balm, or if lips go on uh, like this, it's, it's, it's damaging in the natural. But now, how much more so in the spirit, if we continue to speak things or not speak things and just stay in a dry place or not refreshed in the presence of the Lord, or here we go right here, if we don't apply an anointing <laughs> upon our lips, then it will cause damaging. And so what happens is, you see this, you have people that will, in so many words, bleed upon everybody else with their words because 
they lack the oil that should be upon their lips. They are lacking the grace. There's a closeness. There's such a, uh, there's not an openness to receive the pouring of the grace that the Lord wants to do upon our very lips or upon our words or upon our speech. And so we have to be mindful even of how we hear because you have people that bleed all over the place <laughs> because of the condition of their life, because things are dry and because things are cracked in their own personal. And even though it might sound good to the natural hearing or they can hit a certain note or things of that nature, but to the spirit, it's like, nah, you know what? Something is cracked. Something isn't right. And so what we want to make sure for ourselves is make sure that we are not in that condition of a dry and cracked place or if it might be for a moment that we don't stay there. You know, some things, and this is something that, you know, I even started picking up as a habit from my wife. You know, sometimes I would just go to bed, but I realized one of the things that she, that she does, I just started uh, picking it up as a habit and now I can't go to bed without it. <laughs> one of the things that she'll do, she'll, she'll get some water, but then she'll also put some chapstick on her lips or cover her lips before she goes to sleep. She's like, man, I can't sleep without it. And for years, I would just go to bed. Now, I noticed within the past year, I'm like, man, you know what? It's like, I need to get some Vaseline or something upon my lips so that way I can sleep better. <laughs> Wasn't like that before. But now it is uncomfortable for me to go with lips that are dry. Oh, so, so the same thing should be with us. It's like, Lord, you know what, God, I, I don't want to go a day without your grace being poured upon my lips. And God is looking to do it. God is looking to pour grace upon our lips for a situation or day by day. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We need grace that is on our lips. And so here's another thing that happens when there isn't grace that is upon the lips. People have a tendency to speak in a dry tone <laughs> or things that are ineffectual or things that are just callous or, or cause, a, uh, uh, cause an uncomfortable, uncomfortability, <laughs> you know, in an environment when it doesn't have to be, but because they're lacking moisture or because they're lacking anointing, because they're lacking anointing. And so one of the thoughts that I had, even on the way in, you know, I had this thought, I was like, man, and not saying that, you know, we do anything with it per se, I don't know, but um, I, I saw like having something like this. And so this is called chap ice, but man, what it, what if you have like a carriage chapstick <laughs> or a grace chapstick, just so people know, just as a thought, that people that are in that industry, that you have something that is, that, that is named grace. And so people might think about it for one sense, but we know that it's like, man, you know, I'm getting ready to apply some grace <laughs> upon my lips, right? It could seem like a business ideal, but it's also could be a ministry, whether it's a lipstick or a chapstick or whatever, but it's like, no, we need grace poured upon our lips, poured upon our lips. And so, again, we're talking about five power. So this power, you're going to see here, this power moves us into the blessing cycles. Oh, yeah. 
So what is the power, this power that we see here of grace? One is it moves us into the blessing cycle or this balm of blessing. <laughs> but it moves us into the blessing cycle. So now, how do we know that? Let's read part B one more time in that verse. Grace is poured upon your lips. Therefore, God has blessed you forever. So now when you have grace that is poured upon your lips, when grace can find a landing spot upon lips, it finds an open receptacle upon lips, then we see here now that God blesses you forever. God blesses you forever. Now, we have grace poured upon our lips, right? And we know that it comes from him because he's doing the pouring. Somebody say, pour it out, Lord. <laughs> pour out your grace upon my lips. Yeah, so he's doing the pouring. But then as we receive, now we get to a therefore where God takes it upon himself again to now bless us. And now that blessing, of course, we know this. Many of you know this. Barak is to bless. It is something with words. It is something that comes forth from his mouth. So now that's that cycle. Man, he's pouring. We're releasing of that which he's poured among us. And now he begins to speak a blessing back unto us as well. It's an eternal cycle. He pours unto us. We bless him back based upon the grace that is coming forth or coming off of our lips, and then he speaks a blessing upon us. And so this came to my mind. I remember writing this down when Elder Gary uh, Dudley shared this with me one time. Uh, you know, when I was releasing a blessing upon some people, one thing that he said, and I wrote it down, he said, to bless someone is to make them richer in the proclamation you're blessing them with. I was like, ooh, that is so good. This is after service and everything, but I was like, hold up, let me write this down. I, I held on to it in my spirit. But again, to bless someone is to make them richer in the proclamation you're blessing them with. So now, I remember some time ago, Pastor Gabe talked about the riches of his grace. Right? So now we are being enriched in the blessing. So even as, as we're receiving the grace being poured out, the Lord, the Lord oh my gosh, is now causing an activation of a cycle. We are now stepping in as we are receiving the grace upon our lips. We are now stepping in a blessing cycle. So now there isn't anything where we should stay in lack or there isn't anything that should stay dry because we have, we have the anointing upon our lips. Yes. Who was it? Jabez. With an anointing that is upon his lips, overrode the curse that was in his name. And he said, bless me, Lord, enlarge my territory. And many people call that the prayer. Uh, it was a whole book. Uh, I forget the author's name, but, you know, wrote the prayer of Jabez, and it was very, very big. One small verse. But because of that which was upon his lips, which came forth from his lips, a blessing came forth, a proclamation came forth now from the lips of the Lord. And that became an ongoing thing. So even though his name meant pain, this brother now stepped into a cycle of blessing. Oh, 
Oh, yeah. You have something on your lips. <laughs> you have something on your lips, and that is the grace of God. Okay, so now, how is this activated? Let's go ahead and, 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 and see how this, this, this is activated. Same chapter, and it's verse 1. It's like, Lord, you know, I thank you, Lord, that you are desiring with the grace that has been poured upon my lips to move me into the blessing cycle, and I desire to be moved into the blessing cycle so that where there is no interruption or disruption, you know, that's that continuance, that's that forever, forever and ever. So now, here it is. I'm going to read it and then tell you how. He says, my heart is overflowing with a good theme. I recite my composition concerning the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. Somebody say activation. Activation. This is how we allow our heart to overflow with a good theme. That means that our heart cannot be meditating on a negative theme. Oh, it has to overflow with the good theme. Not even halfway, not to the brim, but it's poured out so much that it becomes an overflowing. That's what should come from our lips. And then here's another thing. How do we get that overflowing? This is how. We recite the composition. <laughs> We keep repeating these things that concern the king <laughs> and the kingdom. Not just other things that other people repeat. No, we recite. <laughs> we remember recitals, right? And what do you have to do for a recital? You have to practice. My youngest daughter plays piano and she actually has a spring recital coming up today in our house. She pulled out that keyboard and she was practicing. She has to practice in order for her to recite. And so these are things that we put in the practice, the good things that we read of the scripture. And it's like, Lord, let me begin to recite these things now. And as I'm reciting them, God, I thank you, Lord, that I'm beginning to activate and put these things into practice. And as we're doing that, we are now stepping into, oh, let the old cycles be broken in Jesus' name. <laughs> You know, as we get into the cycle, the curses now have no room to get in unless we permit them. Oh, no, but that's not going to be us. And then what happens? We transform our tongue to being that which is one that is ready for dictation. Lord, what do you want to say? God, I'm going to say it. Because in that reciting, it becomes revelation as well. And that reciting, it becomes a revelation. So that's one. It moves us into the blessing cycle when grace is poured upon our lips. All right, so now let's move on over to the book of Ecclesiastes. Well, as I remember, Dr. Miles, late Dr. Miles Moreau would say, Ecclesiastes. <laughs> but chapter 10, verse... 12. And it says this, Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 12. And I think, yeah, we'll just look at this one verse. The words of a wise man's mouth are gracious. 
The words of a wise man's mouth are gracious, but the lips of a fool shall swallow him up. Shall swallow him up. Now, I wrote some things down for this. Wisdom is most often first identified by the words that come out of your mouth. It is most often first identified. You know, people can look at you, but they don't know what you're carrying until you begin to speak. And then it's like, oh, hold up. This person, yo, they, they, they have something that is distinct about them or it is different about them. And again, it's not just the information, but here we go. The words of a wise man's mouth are gracious, but the lips of a fool shall swallow him up. Ah, my goodness. <laughs> so here's some, here's some other revelation that I need to share here. What we want, well, let me give slight context for this in person before, before we go into this. So now, this is talking about, especially if there might be, you know, it's, it's a comparison between a wise man and a fool. So a wise man will speak some things that are of grace and that'll bring about favor to him. But a foolish person will speak some things and, and they'll just say some stuff out of their mouths that just gets them all in trouble. And if you think about it, even as even when we were children, uh, maybe we got in trouble and our parents would test us for some things and was just waiting for waiting for what comes out of our mouth. And if we said something foolish, then the parent would now rightfully so have to give judgment and say something like, see, I was trying to give you a chance, but you come off saying some foolishness. So now now I got to punish you. It's the very words of foolishness that will swallow people up. I've even seen people's own mouths leave them to a physical beating. They just kept yapping and yapping and yapping so much where the person just got punched in the mouth. <laughs> but a wise person, they'll see the scenario and say, hey, man, you know what? Let me speak with some grace here. That's the context of what this is talking about. I know another translation says, or win favor. We'll talk a little bit more about that, Lord willing, on Sunday. But then here's some other revelatory things that kind of came about. Uh, for me as I was reading this. So let me read it one more time. The words of a wise man's mouth are gracious. So not only do we want to be that person that speaks graciously, but we also want to position ourselves to be able to receive the words coming out of the mouth of a wise person. So that way, that is one key way in which we can partake of that grace, where we position our spirit saying, oh, Man, I'm going to receive what they're saying. Because a foolish person will be like, eh, you know, whatever. I heard that already. Did you really? And so we don't want to just take for granted the wisdom. And so there's, there's, there's actually something that I'm doing now, and it's something that I encourage, uh, you, know, uh, uh, you know, one of the young adults in our ministry, but it's something that I found that I've, that I've done, but I'm even doing so more intentionally now. But whenever I'm speaking to leaders and elders, just even in conversation, I'm often silent because I'm listening and I'm taking notes. That is not a time for me to be spouting off the mouth as far as like what I think I know. <laughs> when there is grace, coming from the lips of a wise person, then it would behoove me to tap into that grace and say, man, you know what? Let me receive. 
Even in some conversations that might seem casual in that moment, there's things that I'm listening to. That's how I was able to catch that statement uh, that Elder Gary Dudley shared. Spirit staying open so that way I can, it's like, man, you know what? Because I want grace, right? Upon grace. The grace that I have, I still want to position myself to be able to receive the graces of others. Grace upon grace, grace upon grace. And I know we've talked about that before, but it's how, that's how things of which we carry gets multiplied. Okay? Here's another thought with this. This is so good. <laughs> so that way we can stay recipients of these grace. Now, those who have mastered anything are considered wise, right? If somebody has mastered something, many people look at them as wise, at least in particularly in that, in that set of what they've mastered. That skill or service or whatever it is, it's like, hey, you know what? They've mastered that. What we want to be, remember, the words of a wise man's mouth are gracious. We want to master the mouth. And how we do that is by submitting our mouth to the mouth of the master. <laughs> Yes, sounds so simple, but it is so profound when we are submitted. When we are submitted, then we can position ourselves to become a master. And not having undisciplined, foolish mouths and foolish talk and foolish words. No, no, no. So the power here, and again, Lord willing, we'll talk even more about this on Sunday, but Right here, the power of grace upon your lips moves you and I into favor. Oh, gracious lips will move you into favor. When you know how to speak wisely, when you know how to speak words that are apt, <laughs> what apt words, what, what they become, they're like golden apples, right? But it moves us into favor. So power number one we see is what? It moves us into a blessing cycle, but it also moves us into favor. So somebody just say, yep, no foolish talk, no foolish talk, no foolish talk. And you know, it's very interesting. Even when you look in scripture, uh, you'll see many times people that served foolish kings, they still spoke with grace. Many of the prophets and some of the leaders, you know, that served foolish and arrogant kings. Instead of them just talking any kind of way around a king, you know, you know they, they spoke with grace, unless God gave them a word otherwise. <laughs> okay, moving into favor, favor. So somebody just say right now, my mouth is submitted to the master. Yeah, say it again. Say, my mouth <laughs> is submitted to the master. So that way we can be moved into another dimension of favor, right? So here we go, here we go, here we go. Let's go to Luke chapter 4. This is good. This is good. Luke chapter 4. Now remember the prophecy that we read in Psalms 45. We're going to see the manifestation of this in Luke chapter 4.
Somebody just say manifestation. Demonstration. Yeah, here we go. This is something that we're familiar with, but I just want to read it because it's so good. And we know that Jesus was in the synagogue on the Sabbath, and then, you know, the book of Isaiah was handed to him. Here we go, verse 18, Jesus is reading. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive. See what's been upon, upon his lips and what he's doing with this, how he's already uh, rolling in this or getting ready to roll in this, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. He read two verses. <laughs> he got a scroll handed to him, found where it was written, and read just two verses. Closed the scroll back up, closed the book, and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. What a sermon! What a message! A two-verse message, right? But, ah, there was more to it. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. Verse 21, and he, Jesus, began to say to them, today, somebody say today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And I'm going to stop at verse 22. So all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth, and they said, Is this not Joseph's son? <laughs> this is so good to me. How many times have we read this, and I never saw this like this, and how many times have these people that were in the synagogue read Isaiah and never experienced Isaiah. Mm. They've had all these readings of Isaiah, but here the Lord brings them into an experience now to where something else was different about this. And so now they marveled. He just read just two verses. He read just two passages, I should say. We have verses now, but... To this, this, this portion of scripture, short por portion, but it was so much in this. So now, here we go. <laughs> gracious words. Here's some principles even with this, and I'm going to get to the power. Gracious words, they marveled at it, right? But gracious words are more than proper. Gracious words are more than proper. Because I know sometimes when we think in the context, you know, externally or out there in the world, people will say, oh, man, they speak with such grace, meaning that, they, that, they, that, they're, that they're proper and they're, they're eloquent in their speech and things of that nature. But gracious words don't have to be proper. You could have incorrect grammar but still speak graciously. Why? Because gracious words have power and presence upon them. So this is the thing that I began to think about 
And I believe the Lord was just kind of just sharing with me, even in that moment when I was delivering uh, what God was saying to the family and the friends, you know, at that eulogy, it was more than just a message. It was more than just a sermon. It was, it was, it was uh, some presence. It was not just some presence, but it was his presence upon the words. That's how something can last. Not that I was all proper, you know, I, I talked the way that I talked, but it was presence. And I think I've shared this one time before. I remember uh, when I was a youth director some years ago and I, and I led, you know, it was, you know, I did like this basketball ministry where, you know, the pastor at the church, you know, the ministry had a gym and while they had service, you know, he allowed me to open up the gym for the people that would never step inside the building, but they would come play basketball at the gym. And so it would be me and maybe one other person, but then we'd have people uh, from the hood come out and it'd be like 60 to 100 people, some playing ball, some just coming to be there. And so, you know, we had a, a clock in there, we keep scoring and all, the whole nine, but I would just take a moment in the middle of that time for like 15 minutes to just stand in the middle of the basketball court and just share the gospel. And one time I felt like that I was just speaking so eloquent and I, and I was hearing myself speak. Or how about this? This is coming to me now. I was licking my own lips because that's how that's how your, your lips can get chapped too, right? I was licking my own lips. I was kind of feeling myself out of the words that were coming out of my mouth because I'm like, oh, this just sounds so good. And then when I came to the conclusion of this wonderful message that I had presented to see if anybody wanted to receive Christ, everybody was just sitting there staring at me. And then I said, you know, is there anybody? Anybody that wants to receive Jesus, nobody came forth. So then I kind of walked off. Nobody said anything either. Walked back to the side, pressed the buzzer, and had my little clip, called the names, okay, and next is such and such, and got the teams together to keep playing. And the Lord taught me some things at that moment. And then it was another time, I think afterwards, I don't know if it was immediately, but it was another time afterwards that I was given the gospel, didn't have anything like planned, but I was just talking from the heart. And, and I felt myself kind of, you know, little beads of sweat because it's like, man, this doesn't even sound right. And then when I came, you know, I was like, you know, if anybody wants to receive Jesus. And again, these are people from uh, uh, some tough environments that, that are coming to play. And then it'd be like two people that came forth. They weren't just sitting in the bleachers, but they came forth and met me in the middle of the court. And I had an opportunity to be able to lead them to Christ. And then I was like, oh my goodness, it is not, it is not in how fancy I can talk or even how long a message or something might be. Again, remember Jesus read this short portion, sat down, but it was presence. It was power and it caused people to marvel. And they knew, man, this is something different about this. So now here we go. This presence comes from being in his presence and in fellowship with the word. Mm. Trying to figure out how the best way to say this, but let me just kind of say it. And then if it comes out right, then praise Jesus. <laughs> but we see that Jesus, in essence, found his grace in the word. 
And then as he was speaking, the grace that has already been prophesied, that very same grace was being poured upon him lips, upon his lips, as he, and, and then as it's being poured upon his lips, he's proclaiming and speaking the grace that is concerning him. And now people are now marveling at the grace, his words in which he spoke. Because now he's speaking according to the grace that was already spoken of upon him. So now, here's the thing. When you find yourself in his presence, when we find the thing that God has graced us, and the grace should be, the grace, when you identify it, it should be connected to a word. He was like, yep, I know, I know this. I know God spoke this about me, and I know everything else, but there's certain things that kind of just get highlighted. There's certain things that you could just find in the scripture and read it and be like, yep, this, this is going to be fulfilled. And what did Jesus say? Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Uh, so now, here we go. This power, it marvels others, but marks you and moves you and I into mandate. It's powerful. As, these, as this presence, as this grace is coming off of his lips, cause other people to marvel, but then it also set his agenda, it set his mandate and moved him. Because, because before then, before then, we know Jesus was baptized, that he was tempted, came out with power, but he didn't fully step into ministry until this grace came upon his lips. And then it was like, boom, activation. Yep, today this has been fulfilled in your hearing. And he didn't even fully start yet, but he was already finished. <laughs> so when you speak out of the grace that is, that, 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 the grace that you find that pertains to you in scripture, and then when you release it upon out of your mouth and out of your spirit, with the presence of God, you are actually now releasing the grace to finish. You're releasing the grace to fulfill the mandate. Oh, come on. <laughs> it's like, well, man, how's this going to get done? Man, you know what? You need to release the grace. Get some grace upon your lips and begin to speak it. Because it's already finished. But this finish... You, you need to connect to the grace that has already finished it. So now you can walk in the fulfillment of it. So now when you say it, yep, he already said what's fulfilled. Today, this has been fulfilled in your hearing. And you know what? You can say it with that kind of boldness. That's a bold statement. That's a bold statement because they knew that it's like, hold up, this... This is a scripture pertaining to the Messiah. Jesus sat down, closed up the book, gave it to the attendant, everybody looking at him. He said, hey, today, this is fulfilled in your hearing. And people marveled. Hold up. We know this scripture is pertaining to the Messiah. Isn't this Joseph's son? So people are beginning to say. So now, 
<laughs> you see how this moves you and I into, into mandate and into you know, the mission that God has given us when we step into this grace? Now, people have to change their perspective of you. Like, hold up, aren't they from wherever they from? <laughs> Don't we know their parents? You know, people try to hold you in one place, but grace will move you. They try to get familiar with, with the natural because they don't know the grace. But when we step into it, that's when they got to catch up. That's when the eyes will be, oh, whoa. They, they, got, they got some presence about them. Thinking even now, even when you're on the job and you have to do a presentation, it's like, Lord, be present in the midst of this presentation. Invite him in. Invite him in. That's one of the things that I pray, you know, even before I speak, you know, as often as I can remember it, it's like, Lord, Lord, I ask you to go before me. Be behind me, surround me, may your hand of blessing be upon my head. And I'm saying that according to the word that Dr. Marilyn Hickey gave me personally. A scripture that she gave me that's still blessing my life. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're fulfilling it. You're fulfilling it. You're fulfilling it. So somebody just say this as a point of activation. We're just going to declare this. Say, I am finding my grace in your word. And Lord, Father, you are watching over it to perform it. Lord, I ask you to be present in my presentation. I'm even thinking now, even if you got an uh, interview, even if it's a virtual interview, it's like, Lord, I thank you for being present in the midst of my, how I'm presenting my qualifications and, or even if I don't have qualifications, how I'm presenting myself, my character. Oh, yeah, because even that character goes a long way. Mmm. Or if you have to present a proposal for approval, Lord, be present in this presentation. Let there be some presence on this. Not just something that I just came up with out of my own brilliance. But Lord, I need, yeah, because we don't want to do anything without presence. Presence on our singing, presence in everything we do, right? And so as we release this, as the grace gets upon our lips, it will cause others to marvel and mark us and move us into the mandate that God has given. Okay, let's continue. Let's go to Colossians. This is good. This is good. This is good. Let's go to the book of Colossians. Ooh, the power of grace on our lips. We're going to get some grace on our lips. There's so many different ways I could go with this, but I want to stay, stay here in this kind of vein. <laughs> okay, Colossians chapter 4, verse 5 and 6. Uh, no, let me just read 2 through 6. Because it's a whole thought here. 
Paul is saying, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in change, that I may make it, what we say, manifest, <laughs> that I may make it manifest. See how we say it? Somebody say manifestation one more time. Say demonstration one more time. Yeah, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Woo! <laughs> Hold up. I think I might have to change a note here. <laughs> I'm getting something right now. Yeah, okay. Yep, I'm gonna, uh, yep we're going to change it. Verse 5, walk in wisdom. Now, these some he said, you know, pray for me for this, but now he's giving a charge. Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. And then he says this, let your speech, let your speech always, always, how often? Oh, say it one more time. How often? Always be with what? Grace. Always be with grace. Seasoned with salt. Woo! That you may know how you ought to answer each one. Mmm. So now what I, what I see here is before we speak, let's make sure we listen. First, ah, Lord, help me stay in this particular vein because, again, it could be so much. Uh, yeah, but before we speak, let's listen. And a part of that wisdom is restraining our lips so that way we can hear and know how we need to answer how we need to answer. Mm. And so we want to make sure that our speech is always found with this grace. So that's why we have to, I'm going to do it again. In the natural right now, my lips are so coated. <laughs> it is so layered. But that's how our speech needs to be in the realm of the spirit. We always need to be found with grace upon our lips because you never know what the need is that you might be uh, uh, faced with in, that, in, in, in a day. And God knows, so that's why we have to get man, grace in the morning. Lord, because I don't want to be found without grace and then just speaking uh, or, or coming from a dry place and then I wound up. Uh, you know, getting chapped or, or, or breaking or cracking and, and bleeding out out of frustration and, and anger and things of that nature. No, we don't, we don't want that to take place. And so sometimes what we can do, okay, let me go there. Sometimes what we can do, we can lash out at people. But even in that, there was like, no, let, 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 oh, let me just say it. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt. Something that, okay, I just got to go there. Something that preserves, I'm thinking of a relationship right now. Something that preserves relationship. Yeah. And so one of the things that you don't want to do in that moment 
And we want to be mindful of, and especially if it's a, a situation where there's contention or frustration, one of the things that you don't want to do is just say, I told you so. Ah, see, see, I told you. That is not going to help in that moment. Maybe when things kind of simmer down and you allow the, you allow the grace to kind of, the uh, more, more graceful response to kind of marinate and season you know, a situation, then you could come back and revisit. And it's like, hey, you know what? Uh, I don't know. Do you remember? You know, I'm going to just believe the best in this situation, even though I know I said it. But do you, do you remember when I shared such and such? I don't know if you heard it. Uh, is it, did you, anything that I didn't communicate correctly or things that you didn't understand or maybe it kind of came across the wrong way to where it wasn't received? That's grace. That's some presence that can now preserve relationship. Ah, that's real. But we want your speech always to be with grace, seasoned with salt, even if you have to correct. Yeah. I don't know, there's some stuff, I got like a bazillion examples because I know this is just so in my nature to try to help preserve and you know as, as much as possible. Uh, that's what God graced me into because I, I used to be just as bland in my speech and just as no grace whatsoever. I used to just talk just as abrasive and just as emotionless. Yeah, you could ask who, who I consider my brother. If I had a blood brother, he would be it. So that's why I call him my brother. Man, and he, and he confronted me one day. He was like, man, he was like, he was like in, in so many words, he's like, man, you got to change the way you talk. He's like, you just coming off wrong. And some people have had that same experience. So you know it actually takes grace to be poured upon your lips because now I'm learned, I've learned and continue to grow on how to speak with grace upon my lips, even in conflict and confrontation. So that way, if, it's, if at all possible, I can preserve a relationship if it can be, if it can be preserved. And so... We want to have that same heart, right? We want to have that same spirit. We don't want to speak in a place of, of condemnation and judgment, and especially if someone's in the middle of a sin. Remember Jesus and the woman caught in adultery? and he was writing on the ground. People came confront him. Man, what do you have to say about this, Lord? Oh, she sinned. And then what did Jesus do with his gracious words? He that is without sin, cast the first stone. Next thing you know, you started hearing. <laughs> Stones started hitting the ground. Jesus looks at the woman. Where are your accusers? Lord, I have none. He says, go and sin no more. Mm. He gave her grace. He preserved this daughter. Salted her life. Provided some things for her because she was dry. Okay, so that's, that's what we can do. So now... 
Here we go. This power. I, I'm trying to see how to phrase this right now. So I'm going to just start talking and see what we land on. <laughs> this power moves us into manifestation of supernatural knowledge. I think that's it. This power moves us into manifestation of supernatural, and it could be knowledge and wisdom. Or maybe I'll shorten it. This, this power moves us into manifestation of the supernatural. Right? Because we see this, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. So even if I don't know that I may now make manifest what needs to, what needs to be said in this moment. And then how we talk about the wisdom, he says, walk in wisdom towards those who are outside. So especially, Lord, oh, yeah, we need this for such a time as this, as Christianity and our principles and our standard and our way of life gets confronted more and more. And as, and as things that we know to be right and that we know to be true, that people are saying, man, you're a lie, you're judgmental, you are bigoted, you are things of that nature, and how all these things are getting, these, these things that God has established are getting torn down by society. What we need for those that are outside, we need our speech always to be with grace, seasoned with salt. That we might know how we might answer each one. Some people are saying, especially for people that, that work in certain quote-unquote secular positions, which is most everybody. And you know, there's certain conversations and we know we work with certain coworkers or, or presented with certain people that have a certain lifestyle that is contrary to the standard and plan of God. But guess what? He still has a plan of redemption and salvation for them. So it's like, man, you know, I, I, I need you to sprinkle. I need you to, I need you to have words of grace because you just never know who God on the side beyond our knowledge has been working upon their heart because many people have come up knowing truth and knowing the gospel and there's certain things where the enemy came and crept in and robbed, stilled, and destroyed some things, killed, stolen, and destroyed some things. But while they still have breath, wait, wait, I don't, okay, this is coming to me. I, I, I don't even know what this fully means, but he sends them to grace depositories which are you and me. I'm going to have to look up what that word even means, but I just need to say it because that's what I just heard. <laughs> He's like, look, I need to send them to grace depositories, people that have grace so that way now they can receive because, oh, the world don't have this. That's why so many people are dry. And it's like, look, so now when they come to us, man, it's like, oh, man, I need to receive of your deposit. And as God gives us what to manifest what we ought to speak, then it can come forth. And if he don't give you nothing, don't say nothing. But when he gives it, say it. And, it's, and then, but this is what we, want to, what we want to say, Lord, grace my speech, even if it's something that's challenging to them, even if it's something that's convicting. It can still be so seasoned with salt, but even if they 
even if they are offended, they still got salt on them. And the Lord will preserve that which he's after in their hearts and in their lives. Even though you said what you needed to say, you said it with truth and you said it in love. But now the Lord can continue to work. And then it'll be other people now that will deposit grace upon the grace which you released to them. Thank you, Lord. All right. So now this grace, this grace, when we are, when, this grace upon our speech, it moves us into manifestation. And that's what we want. This ain't just, this is not just teaching, but it's like, man, no, Lord, I thank you for manifestation and I thank you for demonstration. This is going to be a tongue twister, but this is just something that as a point of activation that we're going to say right now. Just say this. Say, Lord, Father, season my sayings with salt. <laughs> yeah. Let my speech always be with grace. Let my speech always be with grace. Even when we're providing instruction, let my speech always be seasoned with grace or, or be with grace and seasoned with salt. And you can, you can pray that. You can say that. If you get ready to have a meeting, Lord, let my speech be with grace and seasoned with salt. Lord, I know I got to get ready to say something that's hard, but I thank you, Lord, for the salt that will preserve them. That they don't just collapse and just, just fall apart. Mm, thank you, Lord. Okay, so now. Oh, yeah. Okay, so let's finish with this one. Ephesians chapter 4. Fifth power for grace. Okay, so now let me go over number one again because we were teaching, right? We're teaching. Power number one. Grace poured on your lips moves you into the blessing cycle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We want to get in that cycle and stay in that cycle. And how we do that is reciting, right? And getting, and getting this grace upon our lips. Grace upon our lips, power number two, it moves us into favor. Woo! Mm, can't go there. We'll talk more on Sunday, Lord willing. <laughs> power number three, because remember, we started off beginning, oh, your words moved me, right? Words move people, but this power is going to move some things. When we speak with the grace that God has given that is upon our lives in his grace and the grace that is upon our lips, some things have to move. That's what the power of this grace is doing. It's moving and changing some things, right? Some things cannot stay the same. Some things have to move to the place and purpose that God has called it to, to the original tent, intent, to the design that he has already established. That's what grace did uh, ultimately. Okay, so here we go. Power number, what are we on? Three, it, 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 it causes others to marvel. And again, I'm, it, it causes others to marvel and marks us and moves us into mandate. Yeah, grace will do that. Grace, you know, as we keep it in our mouths and we keep saying, that then, what is written has to come into fulfillment. Yeah, because didn't even the Lord say, he was like, man, you know, even my words, when I release them, 
it will not return unto me void. Yeah, grace goes to work, right? It keeps moving till there's fulfillment. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And even some of the words that God spoke over your life, even in your spirit, I just believe this, even as you're hearing this, some things are being stirred, but it's that grace moving, speaking to that mandate in your spirit. All right, so now here we go. Fourth one, it moves us into manifestation. I think that's it. <laughs> it moves us into manifestation. Let me put that on here. I know there was some other stuff that said, but the way that came out, that sounds it. That sounds like it's it. Moves us into manifestation because we have mandate, but now it moves us into manifestation. We want this, we want this manifestation. Yeah, that's it. Now, here we go. Last one. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25 through 29. And again, this touches on some things that I've already shared, just even as a preserving relationship. But here we go. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25 through 29. Therefore, putting away lying. <laughs> Do not lie. And I need to help someone right, right now. Do not lie, dot, 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 anymore. Do not lie. Do not lie. Therefore, putting away lying, we got to put it away. You got to put it away. Put it away. Don't lie on them. Don't lie on those taxes, right? Don't lie to people. Don't lie to your spouse. Don't lie to uh, your, your, your co-worker. Don't lie. Do put, put it away. Get rid of it. Get it out of the house. Why? Because that gives access to the father of lies to stay, to stay in. And to, and, and to cause manipulation and, and things of that nature. Mm. Mm. Yeah, let me say it now. <laughs> when, we are, when we are mastering this and growing in this, we don't have to manipulate. When, you've, when you have a hold of something, you don't have to manipulate it to try to make it to be something that it's not. That's a part of doing that, that lying. And so that's why we have to be anchored in truth and make sure that we stay in grace and truth, right? Isn't, isn't that what Jesus brought? Grace and truth. So you don't have to manipulate and try to, uh, well, yeah, you know, I try to, let me see if I can work this angle and try to manipulate and try to be crafty in my speech. And, no, grace doesn't have to do any of that. Grace stands in the truth. And then it'll go to work from there because <laughs> manifestation, there we go. Manifestation is already connected to it. And you don't have to manipulate for manifestation. You don't have to manipulate the word for manifestation. And, and many people are doing that. 
And some, and unfortunately, some people, these false prophets, they'll, and which will be coming up more and more. That's why we have to be discerning. Thank you, Holy Ghost. So we have to be watchful and mindful because many people, you're going to hear more and more, they're going to, that are going to be manipulating the word for manifestation. They might be doing it for a dollar. They might be doing it for prestige. They might be doing it for influence and power. But for us, when we stand in grace and truth and deliver uh, from that stance, from that presence, from that which has already been ordained and established by Jesus, standing in grace and truth, you don't have to manipulate. And sometimes people will do this in relationships. Well, man, maybe if I say this, maybe I can get my way. Nope. Grace and truth doesn't have to do that. When you have, when you have, I'm even thinking right now, I forget how the Bible phrases it, but when it talks about the wives and, and the unsaved husband, but, but even, uh, and, and again, I, I, it's just, I'm forgetting, you know, what it's saying, but in so many words that, that she can win him over by her, I believe it's by her, her conduct, but let me say it this way, that she can win him over by the grace in her life. She doesn't, she doesn't have to manipulate to get him saved. <laughs> or he doesn't have to manipulate to get her saved. Or you don't have to manipulate a friend or, or to connive or to bribe or anything. Nope. You don't have to lie. Let's get back to that now. You don't have to lie or do anything for that. Ooh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Let, I'm going to let the grace that is upon my lips, the grace that is upon my life, I'm going to let that speak. I'm going to let the presence, I'm going to let that, I'm going to let that speak. Okay. Wow. Therefore, putting away lying, let each of you speak truth with his neighbor. Not just your truth, but speak the truth <laughs> with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place, there we go, to the devil. He'll come in through manipulation and through lies, right? 28, let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him label, labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. And then verse 29, stop here, and this is the last one. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. We have that responsibility to impart grace to the hearers. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so the power here, it moves you and others into the realm of the spirit. You see, all that other stuff is the, is the soulless realm. It's one thing to say things and to get people all, you know, emotional and things of that nature. But no, we're talking about imparting grace to the hearers of the spirit, to, to the spirit of the hearers. Remember Jesus himself, when he sat down, he wasn't all animated. Man, he sat down, stood up, read the word, sat down and said, today, this has been fulfilled in your hearing. He imparted grace. How do we know? Because the people marveled at the gracious words that proceeded out of his mouth. And so that's the same thing. Now check this out. This impartation of grace to the hearer, it is not accidental. We have to be very intentional. And say, oh, man, I'm giving this to you in your, 
I'm speaking to your spirit right now in the name of Jesus. And you don't even necessarily have to understand, but I'm talking to your spirit, man. And maybe you can even say it depending on the environment or whatever is going on. Sometimes you can say it before you, before you say what you have to present. You might have to present something for work or whatever, but you can go ahead and, 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 and say it before you get into that position to speak. Lord, I thank you that the grace that is upon my life is penetrating their hearts, that they're going to not just hear this presentation or this proposal or this word, and they're not even just going to hear my words, but they're going to receive of your presence, and I'm going to impart this grace that you've given me into them in the name of Jesus. Oh, somebody say hallelujah for that. That's what you and that's what I carry. We carry this grace, and guess what? You have something to impart. Somebody put that in the chat right now. Say, I have something to impart. Uh-oh, hold up. Not something. I have grace to impart. <laughs> I have grace to impart. Yes, 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 yes. So it moves, it, it keeps us connected. When, when, we, when we have this grace, it's something that comes from the Spirit. We have to stay in that, that blessing, in that cycle. We stay connected to it. But Jesus was, oh, there we go. It does move us into the realm of the Spirit and moves others because Jesus said this, my words are what? Spirit and life. There we go. Hallelujah. This grace, it moves us into the spirit. It's supernatural. And that's who you are. As a spirit made in the likeness and image of God that speaks. Now, we don't want to impart anything but grace to the hearers. That's why I say, hey, be angry, but look, don't sin. Don't, don't impart that. Impart grace to the hearers. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yep. And as you impart it, it'll move people. Some people that'll be in depression, that'll be in certain emotions. And as you're speaking, it'll move them out and into the spirit, character, plan, strength of God. It's release of life. Yes. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. All right. Let's, let's release this song right now. Uh, this song is actually a prayer. And then I have one other thing that I want you to do, um, uh, you know, afterwards. But we're going to pray this. This song is Psalms 19. Now, Lord, let us not be caught in silence, Lord, when, when, when you are calling, calling us to activate God. <laughs> Let us speak, God, that which needs to be spoken as we ought to speak, God. May there be manifestation, Lord, for every situation that, that things don't remain unsaid, God. But now, God, that you give us wisdom and grace to speak, Lord. We won't, we won't fear of losing because we know now that there's going to be some salt that'll preserve, God. But what needs to be said needs to be said so that way... Uh, where the enemy has been placed, he will have a place no more. In Jesus' name, God. <laughs> yep. Lord, and so we thank you, God, for this grace. Pour it out. <laughs> Pour it out, Lord, upon our lips. Somebody say, I receive.
in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, and I believe there was some pouring going on even, even as the word was being released. So, yeah, I believe me, that we have received. Even as grace was being imparted to your hearing, thank you for receiving. Because it was on my heart to impart grace to the hearers. And so the way that it was coming, I know that you all were receiving, and thank you for that. And so in that same grace, you impart to others. Hallelujah. Well, let's, let's sow into this. Let's sow into this grace. Let's sow into this pouring.